I'll be right there. The weed guy's here. <laughs> it's witchcraft. Hey, it's 4.20 a.m. Hi, and welcome to the Stoned Witches Hour, book two of your stories. This is where we read your spooky stories, your ghost stories, your personal experiences. I love these. And, you know, we get such great stories from people. I think this is one of my favorite types of episodes to do is these listener stories. I love it. There's so much fun. People's experiences just blow my mind. I cannot believe the submissions that we've gotten and the spooky experiences that people have had. We're not the only ones who have fucked up shit happen to them. Weirdness is universal. Everyone has right? some sort of odd story. So, all right. So welcome to the Stoned Witches Hour. I'm Layla. I, I'm tired, but I'm high, but I'm shell. I don't even know what I am right now. I'm it here. It's been a month, hasn't it? I mean, holy Lord. Right? We have is had, it retrograde? Are we in retrograde right now? We you know? are. We are. It's Mercury retrograde. We just had Friday the 13th. And Yikes. a full flower moon with a full eclipse. It was bloody looking, by the way. It was beautiful. Did you manage oh, to I stay up? It was beautiful. Yes, I did <laughs> stay up. Here, here in the East Coast, it was, I'd say it started around like 1040, where you could start to see the shadow starting and it was starting to go from white to that bloody red. Mm-hmm. Because when the moon came up earlier in the evening, it came up white and bright. But man, by about five after midnight, it was one of those bloody, smoky, eclipsy moons that you only see in like vampire movies. <laughs> it was so awesome. And believe it or not, for the first time in upstate New York history, it was a clear night so you could see it. I was really surprised that you were going to be able to see it. I, I know that when we had talked about it earlier in the day that there was some talk about it maybe being a little too cloudy over there. Right, right. And and I am currently not home, as you are aware. So so I'm recording today from upstate New York, back in the homeland. And I'm telling you, the fact that it was a clear night in upstate New York, the gods were here, man. It was a full moon miracle. <laughs> it was. It was a full moon miracle. You know, it, it was just, it was really cool to watch. And I really hope that everybody had an opportunity that that had a clear night was able to see it because whether you're spiritual, witchy, whatever the hell, it was just cool to watch. I agree. And, you know, full moons are are so nice. And, and especially in pagan and witchy traditions, you know, that full moon really brings out the magic. Magic. It makes you feel magical. It makes you feel like dancing under that full moon, especially this time of year. Everyone's restless and ready to get outside and feel nature and and just being under that gorgeous. Like you said, it was bright and white and beautiful when it came up and and just being outside. And the cool thing was, though, is that I happened to still be up at about 2, 2.30 a.m. And I stepped outside by about 2, 2.30. It was back to being that bright, white full moon. Eclipse aside, to see it go from that bright white as it was rising to that blood red back to bright white. I don't know. There's just something cool about that. I love it. 
I agree. It was beautiful. And, and you know, to kind of get a little esoteric and, and bring it back to the goddess, you know, the full moon, the full goddess, and, and just being like the white of the maiden goddess turning to the red of the mother goddess, you know, the all while being in the black sky, you know, to just right. kind of bring it back to that maiden mother crone aspect, that kind of eclipse is a beautiful way to showcase that and, and to kind of feel that feminine energy start to finish the whole transition just it, it it's just a sight it's just a sight and i really i do hope that a lot of people were able to get out and see it i hope people were able to get out and smoke some flower under that flower full moon and well, enjoy. I, I was obvious <laughs> oh definitely for sure i got high it was just beautiful being out there here it was you know a gorgeous night a little chilly but you know just perfect perfect to go outside and watch that what time was it out, out in the West Coast? What time did that happen? It was about 10 after midnight here. It, it's about three hours different here. So it was just after 9 p.m. here. So it was definitely dark. Was it? Um, I was going to say, was it dark enough over there? Mm -hmm. it, was, it was full dark. And, but when it first came up, it was during the day. And it was real pretty to see it. You know, when the, the full moon comes out and it's still daylight out. It's yeah, like, yeah. You know, as the eclipse started to happen, it, it was just beautiful. The night started to set in as the moon got red and just real pretty. Very cool. Very cool. It's just different. It's it's interesting to the perspectives because of the time difference, the time zone difference. Yeah, it's definitely, it definitely made it a little nicer. It was much easier to get out at 9 p.m. to see the eclipse than it is maybe to get out at midnight and see an eclipse, especially like on a Sunday night when you got to work on Monday morning. Blah. So did you do anything? Did you do any ritual things? Did you say any spells or light any candles for the full moon? I said some spells. My current journey to New York has, has made me a little tattered and, 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 and battered. So I wasn't able to do any physical things. It was more having a private conversation with the moon and the goddess. That's why I had go. to take it last night. You know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. It's not all about the, the props necessarily. And, and last night was definitely a prop free night. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, that's what you got to do if you're sitting in your apartment in the city and you can't get outside or, you know, if you're just too busy or too tired. I think going outside, smoking a bowl, saying thank you to the god and the goddess, whatever, to the earth, to the moon, whatever you need to do to kind of say that little prayer, do Soak that meditation. You know, all the things that we've been working on since the new moon hopefully have come to fruition. You know, those mini cycles that we all go through month to month. We also just had Friday the 13th. Is that a lucky or an unlucky day for you, Shell? I like Friday the 13th. I don't know. Maybe it's because I grew up liking Friday the 13th movies. I don't <laughs> know. It's like the day of Jason. I don't know. I don't find it to be an unlucky thing personally, but I know that that can really throw some people for a loop. I mean, do you find it to be lucky or unlucky? I do find it to be lucky. Actually, 13 has always been my lucky number since I was a kid. Um, Friday the 13th at you know, has always kind of been lucky for me. I've always figured it was a great day instead of a bad day. And I, you know, maybe it's just me being a contrarian asshole when I was a kid. Perspective is half the battle. Truly. <laughs> That's right. It really is. And, you know, I hear that like hospitals go crazy on the full moon and Friday the 13th. And like, I never really understood that, I guess, maybe because it wasn't unlucky for me and it wasn't something that bothered me on a spiritual level or anything. It's all what you make it. And I think people have made it a superstitious thing. I think you're right on that. You know, we, we can get things in our heads. You know, we can kind of get these ideas of things that are going to happen. And, and uh, 
maybe perspective is a lot of it, you know, kind of change your outlook and change how you how you feel about something, you know, what you pay attention to. What's that what's that thing called where um, confirmation bias or something like the thing you think you're going to see is the thing that you see. So if you think Friday the 13th is unlucky, you're going to pay it's attention. Yeah, you'll pay attention to all the bad things that happen. And if you think it's a lucky day, then every time something good happens, that's what will register in your brain. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely kind of a, a I don't want to say mind over matter, but you know, sometimes life is what you make it, and if you make it a shit show, it's going to be a shit show. <laughs> That's true. You know, and if you make it good, you definitely make it good. Speaking right. of make it good, I am going to grab some of this blissful wizard that my sweet sweet delivery driver just dropped off to me from the gas station. I'll be right back. I'm actually still smoking this dog patch. I got a, a, a couple containers of it. I really like it. I I really kind of thought, let me try Layla's theory here and lay off the absolute highest THC content possible and give it a go. So I, I'm still smoking the dog patch. I still like it. I still think it's the greatest thing. I might, my next round going up to the store, just check out some other things. But for now, I'm dog patching it and I love it. I am also doing an old favorite here. I'm smoking on some Blissful Wizard that I just got delivered to me. I have had this um, cultivar before and I do like it a lot. They just got back in stock. So I was very happy to see it back on their website and I had to order another ounce of it. Do you have uh, buying limits in California? Like in Massachusetts, you can only buy like an ounce a week. Really? Yeah. Per person, you can only buy an ounce a week? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I am unaware of specific weekly limits like that here. I feel a little bad. I should look up those. I really should know what those are. Um, I think you can carry an ounce on you and have a lot of ounces at home. Wow, that's terrible that I don't know what the rules are. I'm, I'm just so... Slacking. Really, you can only buy an ounce a week. I smoke about an ounce a week. Yeah, right. So if I hit my limit, I'm screwed. Is that what you're saying? Kinda. Or I'd have to find someone else. That's not cool. You know, yeah. there's some weeks when I, there's some weeks, especially if I'm having pain flare-ups or something, I need more than an ounce a week. I guess I'd have to just do concentrates. For, for pain, I definitely smoke more like when it's damp. So if we get a stretch of like two weeks of like rain, I'm smoking way more in those two weeks because the dampness, I, I'm, I'm sure there's some medical thing that I'm unaware of, but the more damp it is, the more I hurt. It's like my back just hates the rain. If I was only limited to one ounce a week, I'd, I'd be seriously hurting some, some months. But yeah, I'm very surprised that you're not up and, and, and knowledgeable on your state laws. Like, that's I don't, so unlike I, you. That is unlike me. Again, I know what you're allowed to carry, that you're allowed to carry an ounce on you at a time, you know, but I am just not aware of how much you're allowed to buy per week. I guess maybe because thankfully the laws at least, you know, no one's shaken me down outside the pot shop or calling me <laughs> up to check in on me on how much I'm smoking. So that's a good thing. It's none of their business anyway. You know, unfortunately, there's probably a database and that that's how they keep track. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. As soon as you walk in, you know, they take your name, your address, your phone number. They know everybody that's buying things at a dispensary. Oh, see, in Massachusetts, um, to get in the door, they have to scan your license. 
And then before you even order, your license gets scanned again by the cashier. Yeah, here too. Either your medical card, you know, you're filling out your forms and giving them either your medical card or your license before you get anything. Yeah, but you know, whatever. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. I just wish that they would do better about some of the rules. They need to make more common sense rules. I just remember the first time I got a receipt for weed. I was dumbfounded and so happy. I thought I could die. <laughs> I was too. I mean, coming out here and going into my first dispensary, I was over the moon. I was like a kid in a candy shop. I think you said the same thing. It's quite an experience to go from just growing your own or or the black market to seeing legal weed on shelves with people walking around being like, can I help you find something? And they're talking about pot. I love right, that. Right, <laughs> right. Right. That is awesome. That is very awesome. And so is this Blissful Wizard. I'm I'm really liking it a lot. It's it's one of the higher THCs. You'd be happy. Oh, is it? Yeah, again, it's over 30%. I don't know the exact one. This one might be 31 or 32, but it's right around there. It's a nice flavor. This one doesn't have a lot of it just has a nice weed flavor. I can't really tell you say anything other than that. It just it tastes like weed. It tastes good. You know, it's got, got that, that normal, that normal weed. Yeah, that, that normal light green kind of weedy taste. It's it's good. I, I like it a lot. It's, it's a good high. You always have like this delicious, good sounding stuff. I like delicious, good sounding stuff. If it's not fun to smoke, why are you smoking? Why it? are you smoking? Exactly. Yep. You know, you got to gotta enjoy things. Life is too freaking short. And uh, I would have to say this is a good high for the stories that we're about to launch into that have been submitted by some of our listeners and some, you know, people on different message boards online that have had amazing experiences. And like I said in the beginning, this is one of my favorite types of episodes to do because I love other people's stories and to kind of be all deep about it. There's been for a lot of time, a stigma around seeing ghosts, hearing things, you know, things of that nature, a stigma. And I think if people started talking more about their experiences, there wouldn't be so much, oh, you saw a ghost? You're crazy. I ain't crazy. My grandpa just never left. What are you talking about? Right? I mean, everybody has some sort of strange experience that they can't explain. And I think we should definitely be a little skeptical. We want to look into them. And if there's a logical explanation, you go with that one. But when all logical explanations are gone and you're just left with something that's unusual and unexplained, we should talk about it. We should share that. Why not? You know, we right. should. And not everything can be explained here, people. I mean, yeah. And they shouldn't be. And besides, and- it's, it's fun this way. What, what good would a campfire be without a great ghost story that's unexplained? Exactly. And, you know, same thing with the cryptids. Bigfoot's out there. Bigfoot's out there. And a quick, oh, oh, I want to tell our listeners about this quick, <coughs> real quick cryptid update. Mm. So I love my daily You've got mail. a cryptid update, show? I do. Oh, give uh, me the update. So my, my darling boyfriend loves sharks. So he, we're always looking up shark stuff, shark this, shark that. When you live in Massachusetts. So wait, wait, wait. Uh, you, you, he's from Massachusetts, born and bred. Yep. And he loves sharks. More than anything on the planet. Now, I know how old he is, so I know Jaws figured into his childhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make this make sense. How does this make sense? So, apparently, down, oh shit, I don't remember where it was, somewhere, 
might have been England. I don't know. Somewhere recently in the last two weeks or so, this kid was like searching on the beach with his dad, finding treasures. You know how people like look for sea glass and all that jazz. I love doing that. Found a freaking megalodon tooth. What? Now, now that's a dinosaur shark. Okay, so you're thinking, oh, (laughs) you know, any shark? That's a dinosaur shark. Here's the. the, (coughs) There's a bigger stop. You're you're too high to say dinosaur. (laughs) I can't say dinosaur. Cough to get off. Cough to get off. (laughs) The other piece to that puzzle was also, in light of this tooth being found, this research group decided to let loose some footage from 2018. And in one of those deep sea underwater trenches, they actually have video of a 60 foot shark. And let's just say great whites don't grow that big. And a 60 they, foot shark. They basically, no all way. But have, they all but have 100% proof that there is actually still a megalodon living and breathing in the trenches of our fucking oceans. <gasps> Right now. No, no way. Like a giant sea monster still living in the no, tra- like, oh, wow. like Jaws on steroids. <laughs> oh, oh, like that no, Jurassic said- Park one where the that big, huge megalodon shark like leaps up and eats the airplane or whatever. They said based on on what they were able to get on the underwater cameras, they're estimating its mouth width, like when you know they how they do the mouth widths, mm-hmm. ten feet, ten <gasps> feet. It could eat me whole sideways and have room still. I could stand on your head. And it could eat us both sideways. <laughs> and it could eat us both. <laughs> wow. We ain't talking freaking Jaws here. Like Jaws is like a little freaking tadpole. It could eat Jaws and not think about it. Jaws is a tadpole to this motherfucker. Jaws is nothing. It's like, fuck Jaws. But yeah, no. Wow. This, this, was, this was in the news in the last four or five days. Like this That's is fucking recent. scary. And I'm like. Oh, yeah. Let me just fucking go jump in the ocean for a swim. What? The crazy things that we're going to find now that we can put, you know, cameras in more and more places. We're just going to keep finding these crazy, crazy things more and more. Well, oh, wow. it's going to give us more stories to talk about. Right? That just means we'll have more things for the podcast. <laughs> so if anybody is swimming deep in the ocean and you come across a megalodon, please send us your true stories. And a picture. We would love a picture. That'd be great. Stonedwitcheshour at gmail.com. <laughs> my, my first thought was, oh my God, another cryptid. Yeah, I went there. I went there. So when is Sharknado going to do the megalodon version? I think they already did. Did they? <laughs> There's so many. I've lost track. There's a Megalodon movie on Netflix. Like, yeah, it's all. Yeah. You guys yeah. have probably seen all of them since your boyfriend likes sharks so much. Oh, uh, more than I would like to have seen. <laughs> okay. I'm not down in the actors and producers and directors, but Lord, I'm over it. Now, since this is probably a dinosaur, are they sure it's a shark and not a ghost dinosaur shark? Did their cameras pick up like the ghost of a of a dinosaur shark down there? Or are oh, they, they sure showed, it was a dark they, they, they showed pieces of the video. It looks like a big fucking shark man. Like it's scary. <laughs> that sounds very scary. And how, how they were able to gauge what they thought the estimated size was, like the mouth width and the length of it, was that at the bottom of that trench, there was a um, mangled up old shark cage. Oh, so they could get an estimate of size. And it was it was swimming near the shark cage. So that's how they were totally able to come up with relatively accurate measurements based on the size of the shark cage. Now, what trench was this? 
the Mariano Trench. I know that one's like the deepest one. I don't think it was that one. That's the only one I know the name of. Give me two seconds. Do, 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 right. do, do, do. I don't know any other like jingle the hum. I think Jeopardy has broken my brain. Jeopardy is all we got. Jeopardy yeah. is all we got. Um, you were right. How'd you know that? Did you read the article? <laughs> no, I didn't. The Mariano Trench is the only one I know the name of. <laughs> Oh, okay. I thought you read the article. No. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it says a giant shark caught on camera scouring the bottom of the Mariana Trench has sparked debate about if megalodons still exist. The huge predator can be seen swimming over what seems to be an abandoned shark cage. <gasps> the giant prehistoric shark called a megalodon ate everything in its path and was said to lurk in the Earth's deepest oceans. Holy shit. If there's one, that means it had parents. Right. And it says that the footage reemerged after being filmed in 2018, and it's proof that they're not extinct. Um, people are still debating it online. But one, one of the, the persons in the research team said that they thought that the deeper they went into the seas, they'd see things like the giant squids that they thought were extinct. So this is why they can't be terribly surprised that the deeper they go, the more they're finding things we thought were gone wow. that may not be gone. That's wild. That's so scary. You got to remember, there's still there's still millions and millions of square miles of ocean dun, that we just don't dun, even have a clue about. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but they estimate that a, a shark this size could eat five full-grown orcas in one bite. <gasps> like at SeaWorld orcas? Freaking SeaWorld orcas, man. Free Willy orcas? This says that the giant shark could weigh the same as five buses. And we believe, because we're pompous human beings, we believe that they died off around three million years ago. Well, obviously they did not. But again, this, this video that's just resurfaced is from 2018. So there's that. Cryptid news, you're not kidding. That really has to make you wonder what else have we missed? What else is lurking in the deep, dark shadows that we haven't found yet or that's hiding Godzilla. on purpose? Godzilla's there, man. I'm telling you. All these different creatures lurking under the ocean or under the mountains. Who knows? We don't, we don't I just know. Want dragon, I just want dragons to make a reappearance. I thought the same thing. I was like, you know, if there's giant sharks, maybe there's dragons. If shit's coming back, can we bring back dragons? I don't know. Then there's going to be virgin sacrifices. They're going to lay waste to towns and villages. You know, people are going to try to hunt them down for their hordes. I mean, it, it's just, you're going to run out of virgins eventually. I was going to say, I will not be subjected to any virgin sacrifices, but. <laughs> well, I know, but we need to protect. The youth of the, the youth of the planet. Yeah. The uncorrupted. We need to protect the uncorrupted. Wow. That is a cool story, Shell. I, yeah, I have no I, idea. I, I wanted to mention that. I mean, I have no like spookiness around it, but I definitely wanted to mention it because I know we got a lot of listeners that are definitely into that type of thing that, that may not have caught that on on the internet news but yeah there are 60 feet worth of spookiness right there his <laughs> mouth is 10 feet wide 10 feet wide 10 feet wide mouth yeah. that is spooky that is extra spooky that's wider the, than a car the fact that some sort of dinosaur could still exist and we didn't know that's spooky that is really spooky What's spooky is the way we're treating this planet and the fact that some of this shit's gonna come back and whoop our asses Okay, different podcast.
different podcast. <laughs> so let's talk about some more mundane spookiness rather than the end of the world as we know it. And we'll talk about some scary stories from some of our listeners. We have some, some good stories today. First of all, I want to again thank our folks that sent in our stories, that, that got us on Reddit, that sent us emails. You're great. We, we adore your stories. And we, the, the two times we've done this, we do get a bunch. So if, if you've sent in a story to us and we didn't get to it today, never fear. We are going to be doing a bunch of these throughout the months and, and time to come. We just, we just can only do so many in an episode. So for the ones we're going to do today, love your stories and we can't wait to tell everybody. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And if you do have a story that you want to tell us and have us possibly read on the air, please send them to the stoned, which is our at gmail.com. I want to start with, with, with a, a fun story. This is from one of our listeners, Sadie Sunhome. So Sadie writes in that this is actually her husband's story, but it scares the shit out of her. Okay, Ooh, I'm already okay. If, 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 if she's getting the shit scared out of her, I'm listening. This happened a few years before they met. She didn't say when, when or how long they've been together, so I'm not ha- sure how long ago this was, but it happened to her husband before they met. She says, let me just say that my husband is a man of logic and science. Oh, I know the type, sister. <laughs> know the type. She says he believes in ghosts, but it's literally the last conclusion he jumped to to explain anything seemingly unexplainable. Same. Same, right? But he couldn't explain or didn't want to explain this experience. Hmm. Those are the ones that scare you the most, the ones you don't want. You're so scared, you just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, the ones where you think, try to think of something, anything logical to explain it, and you really just can't, no matter how hard you try, those scare me. And then you're torn between, am I going to sound crazy or scare myself more by talking about it? Right. Sadie Sunholm's husband travels a lot for work. And at this time, he was at a hotel in Savannah, Georgia. Well, there's the first reason why he was having some ghosty stuff. He was in Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. I think it's wall-to-wall ghosts there. I'm pretty sure. You might as well be in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, you can't walk down any of those streets without running into a ghost. Remind me, right? I got to tell you the time that I saw a ghost of a stripper on Bourbon Street. I'll, I'll tell you the story one of these days. <laughs> That'll be a whole episode in and of itself. Don't worry, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll make her tell the story. We'll make it a whole episode. <laughs> we'll get graphic. It'll be great. Okay, so the so, husband's in Savannah, Georgia, already haunted. In a hotel, in the bathroom mirror directly faced another mirror on the back of the bathroom door. So, like, you know, when the bathroom door is closed, like two mirrors are kind of facing each other type deal. Mm-hmm. Back, like the sink in the back of the door is what I'm gathering. When the door was closed, it kind of created that infinity mirror look. That's already a, a bad idea. I hate that. That's one of I my... I don't like that. Those creep me out. You know, where, where, where the, it seems to get smaller and smaller reflections that go on infinitely mm-hmm. type oh. look. Those are so scary. So one night, and I'm assuming he was alone. One night he was in the bathroom getting ready for bed and the door was closed and he was in front of the sink mirror noticing his many reflections when one popped its head out of the long line of them and made made a fucked up face. Wait, no, wait. So it was like his face (gasps) popped out 
of, of one of the reflections one of his it made ref- a, no no it made a Mm-mm. fucked up face at him. no 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 so this wasn't a person in the other room like kind of interrupting his reflection black holes instead of eyes <gasps> an evil grin no you are no mm-mm, mm-mm, no get out of that house oh my no, god no he was what in a hotel he was in a hotel <gasps> Get out of that hotel. Go, go. Oh, my God. Get a different room. Now, I would imagine if he was traveling for work. I mean, we're talking about a a, a grown man here. He was freaked out so bad that he went into his bed and hid under the covers until he fell asleep because he didn't know what else to do. That's actually a smart move. You know, under the covers, definitely protection. But damn, I might have changed rooms. (laughs) Now, now, Sadie Sunholm, are you listening? Because I want to know. Has this happened again? And not only has it happened again, was it a one-time thing, but would he be willing to try to recreate this? To Shell! See Shell! Do not I'm listen to... No, no. Curious. Shell. What, what no. if... Maybe there's a message. <laughs> maybe there's a portal to like a demonic realm. That you need to know you have to close. You can't no, just ignore you shit. Don't open, no, you don't open it. Oh, my goodness. You don't think you should try again and see? <gasps> no. No, I do not. I absolutely do not. You better listen not. to Layla. You better listen to Layla, <laughs> Sadie Sunholm, because I'm always the one that gets us into trouble. It's true. Listen she to Layla. Does. I'm nosy and want to know, but listen to Layla. <laughs> no, so, I would. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, so that's Sadie's story. And, and I'm freaked out and I want to know, but listen to Layla. I, I understand being curious and, and I say yes to your shenanigans more than I say no, because, you know, it's usually True. fun and interesting, right. <laughs> but I have a healthy fear of mirrors and portals in mirrors. They really freak me out. Um, and I just think that that's uh, not something necessarily that you should fuck with. That Sadie's husband should just let it lay and let bygones. I don't know. I, I think I would be sealing. I think I would be doing a, using sealing oil or some type of spell on any reflective surface for the rest of my life. If that happened at the very least, I just want to know if it's happened again. Don't provoke it, but I just want to know if he's had other, was that a one and done, but if he's one of those types of guys, honestly, and I'm not knocking him, but he might be afraid to tell people if it happened again. That's true. Especially if, if he's a skeptic. Would you would you continue to look? I know you would. I would because I just am a nosy troublemaker. I would because I'm an idiot. But <laughs> <laughs> and and my curiosity gets the best of me, even though half of my brain is usually screaming to stop. The other Don't half do is it. right. Half of my brain is an adult, and the other half is like a very curious toddler. Yeah, Sadie Sunholm. We we like your story. Um, we think it is freaky. We agree with you. And like I said, listen to Layla, but I do want to know if he's had any other experiences. Let us know. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I've got one. This also has to do with a husband. So this it's is always by... the husbands, right? Maybe they're, maybe they get us into more trouble. Maybe. Yeah. This one's from organic ad six, six, seven, seven. And she says, One day, my husband came home and said that his friend had recently acquired a house with air conditioning available and asked if we would like to rent it since the house we lived in only had a swamp cooler. The previous summer was horrible and we suffered through some extreme heat. I was not going to pass on this opportunity and so we signed all of the paperwork and moved in right away. 
One early morning while getting home from dropping off my husband at work, I was suddenly overcome with such a strong feeling of nausea. I thought nothing of it and parked the car. As I stepped into the house, my eyes fixated on the kitchen area. There he was, a man who was see-through. What? Yeah, he was bent over, peeking at me from the wall between the kitchen and the living room, hiding himself from the waist down. He was just staring at me. As soon as I saw him, I dropped my keys to the tile floor. He quickly stood upright and was not hiding his whole self behind the wall. Now, normally I would have screamed, but at this age I was over it. Having seen so many spirits since my early childhood, I had grown accustomed to the unexpected visits. I turned on the lights in every room, making sure that no one was physically there and went to bed. Yeah, but just, just because they're not physically there doesn't mean they're not there to play games and have some fuckery. Sounds like she's used to it and she's just like, hey, he didn't do anything. There's no, she checked to make sure it wasn't a real person. She's like, hey, it's just a spirit. She seems used to it. So yeah, she seems like just over it. So she went to bed. Later that night on our ride home from work, I told my husband of this unexpected visitor. He laughed at me nervously and told me to quit making up stories. I brushed him off because I knew that he had never experienced anything like this before. Done. Yeah. My brother passed away shortly after this. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not cool. And I have, I have four brothers and I would be devastated. And we decided to move in with my dad so that he would not be alone during our grieving process. My husband did not work on Mondays and he decided to finish cleaning out, cleaning out the old house and turn in the keys to the landlord since that was his friend. When I got to my dad's house that night, my husband said that he needed to talk to me. I asked him if he had turned in the keys and he yelled, yes. He said to listen to him and that what he had to say was serious. I sat up straight and gave him my full attention, not saying a word. He said he had gone into the rental house and started to sweep the floors. Since there was no furniture inside, he said that every noise echoed. As he started to sweep, he said he heard a man's voice clearly say, do you need some help here? <laughs> he said it startled him and he began looking around and saw that no one was there. First of all, I would have said, yes, could you grab a broom, please? Right. If you're going to talk to me, you could at least help pick up. Right. <laughs> he said that every hair on the back of his neck stood up and swore that it sounded like someone was standing right behind him talking directly into his ear. You know, I hate that. Why can't they? Why can't ghosts talk to you from across the room like a normal person? Why, why does it be all up on your space? It's always like right up next to your ear. It's so rude. Personal boundaries. That's what I'm saying. Talk like a normal conversation. You don't need to be touching me to talk to me. Thank you. He said that he ran out of that house so fast he forgot to lock the doors. He finally decided to tell me that the landlord had bought the house because the little old man that lived there previously had died inside the home oh. and that he had been dead for some days before anyone found him. He's still home. And after having experienced this firsthand, it's safe to say my husband is now a believer. See, here's the thing. The guy still lives there in his mind. So he's thinking that someone's there clean in his house. So he offers to help. He offered to help. You know, he was just kind of checking them out when they first moved in. Sounds like they were probably the first people to move in after the, the owner passed. Wow. Hearing auditory things like that, that's really got to creep you out, especially as a non-believer. To hear something right there clearly say, do you want some help with that? And to know there's no one there. I'm just glad their go-to was not a Ouija board. Yeah, that's right. They at least didn't take any Ouija boards there. 
smart. That was well. It sounds like she's experienced, so she knows better. Right. Right. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I guess it's not so bad because they they kind of put all the pieces together after moving out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that spirit is connected to that that land space. So, right. And he doesn't sound he doesn't sound mean. Just a little spooky. You know, I I believe, and maybe I'm the crazy nut job here. It's conceivable, but I believe that that spirits kind of have a sense of who's listening. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I think so too. Sure, I've heard that. I've definitely heard that theory before. So maybe when he was peeking around the corner, maybe he was trying to make his presence known, but didn't want to scare her. Yeah, and maybe when he saw that she was kind of nonchalant about it, he was just then like, "Okay, cool." Like, then he turned into more relaxed, ghosty, where mm-hmm. he was like, "All right, we're just going to coexist here." Yeah, until it until it was time for them to move out. You know, I've noticed sometimes that move ins and move outs. You know, when things are chaotic, when you do some type of renovation or yeah. You know, when, you know, when 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 the energy is kind of stirred up in a location. I was going to say, because you're changing things. Yeah. Sometimes that can kind of make a ghost or a, some type of haunting a little more active. Yeah. And in, in my next story, I'm going to tell kind of kind of the same thing. People that just don't know they're gone. People that just kind of linger, linger in their space. So this next story from... Medicine number 8424. I think that's what it means. Medicine no 8424. I think that should be number is like what it's short for. I don't know. Medicine no 8424. Their story begins in 1973. Uh, Their grandparents bought a house that had been vacant for several years. What is with people buying dead people's houses and vacant houses? That's the thing. We were just talking about when you disturb things. So you leave the ghosts alone for a few years and they're all just hanging out, chilling, happily haunting their little quiet house. And then you come in and disturb everything. Of course, they're going to kind of pop up. It's like adding roommates. The previous owners of this house had died in a car accident. Actually, it sounded kind of tragic. A mother, a father and two small children were killed. That's terrible. That is tragic. They were actually a family of seven. So the mother and the father and two small children were killed. Three older daughters were not with them and were left out. Oh, wow. That's terrible. Those poor kids. They basically had five kids and only had two of them with them that died. Oh, the three older daughters went and lived with relatives after that. The house was vacant. So when, when this person moved in, the house had been vacant. They describe it as literally frozen in time for about four years. Our listener was too young to help, but remembered them removing like rotten food from the cabinets and the refrigerator. So like basically once this family died, they just, the relatives kind of took the other remaining kids, shut the door and nobody touched anything in the house for four years, including the food. Everything was just left like a time capsule, not touched. All their clothes and personal belongings came with the sale of the house. Obviously, when these folks moved in, they threw most of it away. Pictures and mementos were given to the remaining daughters uh, at the time because they were in their teens. So our listener lived in the house uneventful for years till one summer day, the grandmother, the sister, and, and this person were sitting in the living room watching TV. The grandma was on the phone doing the grandma chatty Kathy thing. <laughs> right, like how grandmas are gossiping about all the things. How grandmas are. Um, they had the windows open and they had the screen door keeping all the flies out and stuff. 
when they look uh, looked out at the end of a long walk, saw people in dress clothes coming through the gate. Oh, never! Unexpected visitors are never cool, especially when they're all dressed up. Right? It makes me always wonder, like. You know, if they're door-to-door religious salespeople or something. Wait for it. So the grandma gets off the phone and looks out the window and sees the people coming up. And right away, the grandmother said, oh, those are Jehovah Witnesses. Let's go into the uh, yeah. Let's go into the kitchen so they don't see us. <laughs> yeah, grandma. <laughs> How many people have done that? In those days, they were kind of the, the equivalent, I guess, of the let's talk about your car's extended warranty type people. We have all had those Jehovah Witnesses at our door. Yes, we have. We, we feel you. So they go, and they, they go and hide in the kitchen out of sight, thinking they'd knock a few times and leave. So they're hiding quiet in the kitchen for a few minutes when they heard the screen door open. And a few se- and open for a few seconds and then slam closed again. What? And they, they came in the <laughs> house. Oh no! Mm-mm. Nope. 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 I'm sorry. Door to door religious salespeople are bad enough. You can't come in the house. That's not cool. Grandma was pissed. Rightfully so. No one was just going to walk into her damn house uninvited, with the kids there or not. Right? Go off on them, Grandma. So, so our listener was ready for for Grandma to unleash her hellfire on these people. I love that hellfire. That's, right? such a, that's such a grandma thing to do. Release the hellfire. Right. And you never want grandma to release that because grandmas can be wicked. Just to warn everybody out there, I'm a grandma now. So I'm going to be releasing some hellfire. Okay. So the kids follow her into the living room. Guess what? What? Nobody's there. Wait, they came in the door. The door only opened and closed once, Shell. They didn't leave. Where are, are they further in the house? Now, the way, the way our listener explains it is the breeze coming through the screen door strangely created a feeling like being at a cemetery after the funeral when everyone had left. That was the feeling I got. And I don't know if that's why I would have described it at the time. I don't know if that's the way I would have described it at the time, but it was a real peaceful feeling as if they were finally uh, at rest. Oh, wow. Um, Grandma looked puzzled. They walked out into the porch. Nobody, just the breeze blowing through the trees. They described it as the eeriest feeling to see nothing and not knowing what happened. So they went back into the house and didn't say anything. Because remember, they saw a group of people walking to their door. Yeah. Dressed nice. That have now, poof, fucking vanished, gone. So they saw a group of people dressed up walking to the door. Assuming they were Jehovah Witnesses. So they went and hid in the kitchen. They came in the house. They did. And then now they're just gone. And no one heard them leave. No one heard no. them leave. So that they, no one said anything to each other because they were kind of freaked out. Well, so next yeah. day, grandma's working in her garden. And the neighbor came to the fence and was talking about how good her garden looked and how they really needed some rain. After a few minutes of conversation, the neighbor asked the grandmother about the visitors. And the grandmother said, what visitors? Now, the neighbors were old people as well. Wait, why did the grandma say what visitors? Because no one was there, remember? Right, but they saw them. She saw them walking down the walk, though, right? They disappeared, Layla. They fucking disappeared. I, <laughs> okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say you mean the ones that dis- you saw them too or something? I don't know. I'm just confused. Back in the 70s, early 80s, you don't say that or you're going it's to the true, police farm. True. So she was like, she, she was like, 
what do you mean what visitors trying to see what that lady would think to you know see if she had seen them too yeah because you know these neighbors are super old people too and knew the whole family their whole life so the grandmother you know the grandmother and this lady went to school together there's no secrets Mm -hmm. so she says the people that came to your house yesterday and the grandmother told her what happened and that we didn't see them after that. The neighbors saw them too. That's wild. The lady next door begins to tell grandma that they saw those people come down an old holler across the road that led to the top of the mountain. And there hadn't been a house up there in 25 years. She just assumed as they did that they were Jehovah witnesses going from door to door. And that they didn't realize there was nothing up there. She told the person's grandmother that it was a man and a woman with two small kids and that they were dressed like they had just come from church. After they came through the gate, they were halfway down the walk and the man turned and hugged the woman as if to comfort her. And the kids were walking and playing with them. When they got to the front door, the man pulled the door open and held it for the woman and the kids and then followed them in. So the neighbors saw way more than the people inside. The people inside Correct. just saw them coming up their walk and went and hid. This neighbor saw them walk down the street. Wow. Basically what the deal is, the family that owned the house that got killed in the car accident on the way to church, you know, so, so the three wow. girls live there with grandma. So the other, the other grandchildren, and I don't know if it was like the son and daughter-in-law or daughter and son-in-law. We're basically coming home to see the other kids. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, my goodness. So basically, they went from wherever the car accident was to come home. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But the weird part is, is that the like you said, the neighbors saw everything. Damn. And so the neighbors saw the kids. The neighbors saw them playing. The neighbors saw them open the door and go in. And at first yep. thought they were real people. Yep. Until the conversation. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. The lady's child and grandchildren that had passed were coming home. Wow. That now, is downright I spooky. I don't know if they ever had that experience again. Again, medicine NO8424. I want to know, was this a one and done or has it happened again? Does your grandmother still own the house? I guess, or someone in your family still own the house, I guess would be the first question. Because if you're not associated with that property, it might not it might not uh, happen again. Oh my goodness! Wow! And so and then the family came back. Oh my goodness! They were just coming home. They were literally coming home. Two completely separate people, completely separate families saw them. Yeah. Talk about a corroboration. That's that's whew, that's really spooky. You know, you're not seeing shit when when the neighbors next door are are corroborating your story, right? Oh my goodness. I'm going to hit this blissful wizard because that's, that's sad. That's sad and spooky. It almost sounds like as he was consoling her, as they walked up the door, it was almost like, I know we're dead, but we're home. You know what I mean? Right. I wonder if that was the first and last time. Oh my goodness. I wonder what triggered it. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. That one is sad. The way the story was told, it doesn't sound like there was necessarily a trigger. No. Now, see, that's a time when you would want to have like one of those ring cameras or home security system. Well, yeah. And this next story that I have, they did. Ooh! Did they send a video? Please tell me they sent a video. Is there a video? You'll see. Is there a video or is there not? This is from Momo52915. And they say, 
The last night around 10 p.m., my boyfriend and I were sitting in the living room trying to find hey, a movie. They said last night. So this is like a, a real Recent, time story. Right? This oh, yeah, they, yeah, they sent it right after it happened. Nice. <laughs> trying to find a movie to watch on Amazon Prime Video, as one does. We have video surveillance cameras everywhere outside. Two that point to the front door at different angles, one for the backyard and one for each side of the house. The monitor screen is kept in the living room on a table next to the recliner that I was sitting in. I just sat down for not even five minutes, then I heard a child's voice come over the monitor. The voice said, hello. I thought to myself for a minute, the fuck? Does my son have his bedroom window open and he's yelling through the window for some reason and the camera is picking it up because there is a camera next to his bedroom window? I'd be freaked out. I'd be like, who's in my fucking kid's bedroom? Then she remembered, no, it can't be because he's sleeping in my room in my bed. Oh. I called upstairs to him and he answered. I look at the monitor screen and I see a man who appeared to be very tall. What? Right. What is it with these weird people showing up at people's houses? At all hours. Don't fuck with the kids, ma'am. You want to, if, if, to all the ghosts out there, all the ghosts in the universe, don't fuck with the kids, man. That's just rude. Leave the kids alone. So this tall gentleman in the monitor is wearing a red and white flannel shirt and holding a little girl's hand. She had on a light striped long sleeve shirt and she had frizzy blonde hair. They were walking up the steps to get into our entryway. And I turned to my boyfriend and said, somebody's here. We live in the middle of absolute nowhere. We live by a swamp. My closest neighbors are bears and coyotes and a couple Amish houses about a mile or so down the road. Preach it, sister. So this probably is not going to be Jehovah's Witnesses. Like the last story. That's a little yeah, right? too far out. Right? There are never, ever any people, at least that we know of, who go walking down our street in the pitch black with no streetlights on a back road at 10 p.m. at night. So it seemed very strange to us. Us too, Momo. Just as the man and the girl get to our front door, my boyfriend opens the door and sees no one. They were gone. Ah, here we go again. Not a single trace or sign of them. My boyfriend goes outside by the road to see if he could see any cars, but there was nothing. We thought maybe they were having car trouble and stopped for help, but there were no signs of that being a possibility. I let the dog outside and my boyfriend went outside with a flashlight, but nothing was there. That's when you hide under the covers and you send your boyfriend out to handle it or you <laughs> stick together. You know, Scooby-Doo people never separate. Never separate. Grab your Scooby snacks, grab your flashlight and your pipe and don't separate and get high and figure it out. That's right. Get your blankie, throw it over both of you. You should be good. I sent my dog outside and my boyfriend went outside with a flashlight, but nothing was there. We watched the camera footage and the people coming to the door never recorded. What? <laughs> but she saw it on the monitor. Was, now, let me ask you this. And, and, and maybe maybe Momo didn't say this, but I'm curious. You know me. I always got questions. You have questions. Was there a blip in the recording? Almost like it was fucked with like a blip or did it was it a smooth running? And she knows she saw it on the monitor. And then when they looked it back, it was smooth running. Like, I'm just wondering if there was a blip. Curious minds want to know Momo. She doesn't say here. But if you're listening, send us an email. Now, Momo, the problem is, I just want to let you know, the problem is, is this dog patch weed just is like such an upper in a chatty type weed that like, I have all these questions. You do. Well, she's got some more to say. <laughs> oh, boy. We reviewed old camera footage and saw nothing that looked or sounded like that. We don't even know people that look like that. 
or have ever had anybody that could have possibly come over that looked like that. My boyfriend does not believe in ghosts, but seeing that we had no explanation for this, I think he changed his mind. We have lived in the house for four years, and I personally have never experienced anything until last night. Then my boyfriend admitted that the one night I was at work, he saw something moving in the yard and thought it was an animal. But when he went out to look, nothing was there. But my son's tire swing was swinging back and forth by, like crazy. Oh, geez. My son has been complaining for the past few months that he doesn't like to sleep in his bed because it sounds like something is crawling around under his bed and his bed shakes. Oh, my God. The original part of the house was built in the 1800s and was used as an old schoolhouse. An addition was put onto the house 20 years ago to make it bigger. The old schoolmaster used to live across the street in a house that is no longer there. I talked to my boyfriend today and we both said that what happened was really weird and we've come to terms with it potentially being a ghost sighting. I know that I'm not crazy because he saw them and heard the voice too. I've seen many ghosts in my lifetime I just wondered what took so long for me to see one here. What bothers me is that it seemed like they wanted to get my attention and it makes me feel very uneasy. A few days leading up to this, I would sit in the living room and just feel overwhelming dread and terrible anxiety. After seeing them, I don't feel any of that anymore. So weird. Why would that's that's weird, right? Interesting reaction. Yeah. So, like, before it happened, she was feeling, like, overwhelming dread and anxiety in that front room, that old part of the schoolhouse. And then she hears a little kid say hello and sees the kid and possibly the old school teacher on the monitor, but no recording. And then felt better. You, usually it's, like, the opposite type reaction. I mean, great for her. I, I, I'd rather have a happy ending than some crazy exorcist thing going right? on. But, like, it's not a normal reaction. It's so strange. Maybe it was kind of building, like the energy was building to something, maybe an anniversary or or maybe something that they had done had, had stirred them up in some way. And then it was just kind of a one and done event. Or maybe it happened before and they just didn't notice it till that time. Right. Maybe they weren't there. Maybe it happens like every night at 10 p.m. or something. Yeah. I, yeah. And they just this hap- this one time happened to see it. It's just wild that they both experienced it. Wow. That's cool, though. Very cool story. Thank you for sending it in. That's spooky. I like the weird experiences like that. So creepy. And and just, you know, you get two people that see it, and and that just makes it even harder to explain. And more fun. And more fun. Absolutely. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you my, my last viewer story. We each got one left. This one threw me for a little loop. That's why I kind of saved this one for last. Oh, I'm excited. All right. I'm ready to be creeped out. So this is from Mick Kimball 0664. That's so weird. I used to have a phone number that ended in 0664. So Mick Kimball writes, I bought my first house in 2003 and was over the moon. Nothing better than buying a house. Shortly after moving in, two of my neighbors began joking with me about the ghost in my house. Uh, All right. Did your real estate agent not disclose that? Because I feel like they should. I'd buy a haunted house. Aren't some states supposed to tell you if something like that happens? Isn't having a haunting like one of those actionable events that they have to disclose? I don't even know. (laughs) I think in some states it's true. So Mick Kimball thought that they were joking and just played along pretending that that they had seen one and that it was no big deal. Okay, that sounds fun. 
as, as time went on that summer, they met more and more of their neighbors and they all brought it up. Every really? one of them. Finally, an elderly woman on the block who was quite kind and friendly told me the story after I'd asked her. I knew she wasn't going to screw with my head, which is why I'd asked in the first place. Turned out the previous owner purchased the home and never lived there because she said it was haunted. So first of all, all right, there's your first clue. Someone buys the house and refuses to move in. Well, no, the first clue was everyone in the neighborhood having a story and knowing that the place is haunted. It has a reputation. I hope you got a discount for that first. Right. I don't know. In today's market, that might be a selling point, you know, that you might be able to double your asking price. Comes with ghosts. Price is now doubled. Sounds in the night of footsteps and sobbing and glimpses of a man sitting at the in the kitchen covered in blood. Ah, that would be the one. That would be the part that freaked me out. The covered in blood. People crying and someone covered in blood in the kitchen. No wonder she refused to move in. I th- those are not good roommates. Those are not good roommates. One of the neighbors had helped with the renovations of the house and said that he was putting up drywall when he felt something lift up his dreadlocks. Why do they have to touch you? That's not space ghosts. Personal space ghosts. Boundaries. We need boundaries. That really ghosts that don't respect boundaries are super scary. (laughs) Though McKimball has had has had a paranormal experience before, it had been years, and by then they had just chalked it up to night terrors. Well, one day they went to a small neighborhood video store to rent a movie, like Hollywood video type thing. I would imagine. Well, that kind of dates this. Yeah, right. Hollywood (laughs) video. They had to fill out a form with their demographic data and then their credit card info. And the owner of the store looked at the form and said, oh, my God, you live in that house. Another person. This reputation (laughs) of this house is kind of that's, you know, you don't often this is like an Amityville horror level reputation. When you're walking into a random establishment and they're like, oh, my God, you live there. Like, that's when you know that's a red flag. That is a red flag. That's when you start to think about maybe I should put this up for sale or turn it into a B&B. But Kimball asked her what she meant. And she explained that her former employee had committed suicide (gasps) in Kimball's house. Oh, no. She came to the house as soon as she had heard. But the house had been taped off by police as a potential crime scene. Oh, my gosh. She told her the video workers, the video store worker told her that that he had just moved into the house with his partner and called his mom because he wanted to invite her over to meet his partner and come out to her. Mm-hmm. Now, this was in the early 90s when being gay was a big deal. Yeah. You know, people are bitches. People are. Off. It should Let's never have been an there. issue. Anyway. His mother already knew he was gay because he bought the house with a man and disowned him right over the phone. <gasps> oh, that's sad, too. Oh, no, no, I guess well, How could you do that to your kid? So, you know, mother disowns him right over the phone. I would have thought in the 90s we would have been better, but we're not, apparently. I thought people were better, but I guess not everybody. No, that same week he received a letter from the HIV testing center stating that he had tested positive for HIV. <gasps> oh, my and this- goodness. The story just gets worse and worse. This was when HIV was a death sentence. And he oh, sat in the guy. He sat at the kitchen table, ate a bowl of cereal, and then shot himself in the head with a revolver. <gasps> so since then, she's had she's had multiple paranormal experiences in her store. This this is the video store owner that where he worked. 
Right. She's telling, she's telling McKimball that she's had um, videos fly off the shelf, even levitating off shelves. I mean, that's crazy. It seems like the most they experience is sounds at night, sounds of Cheerios being poured into a bowl, which Mick Kimball wanted to point out that they don't even eat cereal, and sounds of sobbing in the kitchen. And Mick Kimball often awakens to both because, again, he ate cereal and then killed himself at the kitchen table. So to hear that sobbing at the kitchen table makes total sense. Mick Kimball remembers, she said, my grandmother said, When the dead come to you, they want something. Perform an act of charity in their name and pray for them. That's what her grandmother told her to do. That's good advice. So they did, sat down at the kitchen table one night, lit a candle, and told him that each night I would recite the novena prayer for him before a lit candle. On the ninth night of the first novena to St. Anthony, the patron saint of lost souls, uh, McKimball heard an uncontrollable sobbing felt a strong presence of grief and despair, and then the sound of hyperventilating breathing as though someone could not catch their breath. Oh, wow. McKimball sat in the presence of this knowing it was not malignant, but rather a connection of intimacy and compassion for which he was in need. Wow, how brave. Basically, McKimball was providing emotional support to- A ghost. A ghost, essentially. That, That takes big balls. And that should be a career. That takes ovaries right there. <laughs> so for 45 days, a ghost doula days. Yeah. Right. So for 45 days, McKimball said the novena prayer before a lit candle for his soul and had a, and had a mass said in his name. And a few times um, they had awakened to feel his presence standing over their bed, but knew it was not a malignant presence and it still happens from time to time, but less and less frequently. Wow, it sounds like maybe it worked. How nice of them to do that. You know what it sounds like? It almost sounds like you did me a solid and now I'm going to watch over you. Yeah, yeah, it does. Almost like the ghost is now her, her friend because that compassion of helping his soul kind of, right. I want to say heal, heals not the right word, but maybe come to terms. Yeah, get ready to move on. Maybe he just needed someone for the first time in his life, being a gay man in that time, just needed someone to show compassion. And McKimball showed the compassion and now kind of has a ghosty friend for life. Well, I think so too. Oh my gosh, that's what a wonderful service, that ghost (laughs) doula-ing. Yeah, so McKimball 0664, first of all, you fucking rock. And second of all, love your story. Very sad story. Extra sad story. Okay. So what's your, what's your final story? What you got today to wrap up our listener stories? This one is also kind of sad. This one. So the person who wrote this story is an artist, actually. I found their art page after, um, after reading their story. And I'll have to put a link to it because it's some pretty, pretty interesting art. Very, very creepy cool. Ooh. Yeah, definitely link that stuff right up on this, on this episode page. So Mortis Malum has a story and he writes when i was 13 my older brother who was 18 and i were on our way to a movie when we were hit by a drunk driver oh fuck that's horrible that is horrible i woke up in hospital four days later having lost my right leg and the other leg was in a cast along with many other injuries oh my god That night I woke up to my brother sitting by my bed telling me that everything will be okay and to go back to sleep. 
The next day, my parents came to visit and see how I was doing. I asked why my brother wasn't with them, and they looked at each other but didn't say anything. That night, I again woke up to my brother sitting by my bed, and he was again telling me that he knows I can get through this, and I need to be strong and overcome this and not let my injuries stop me from living life. Oh, oh no. His brother was a ghosty. Don't give it a shell. Spoiler alert. We talked a bit, him not answering specific questions, but answering more general questions. I remember asking him why he was still wearing clothes from yesterday, because it was very unlike him to wear anything similar to what he wore the day before. He didn't answer that, but when I asked how he was, he said better than he thought he would be given the circumstances. He reminded me to be strong and keep living and not let anything stop me, and he told me how much he loved me before telling me I should get some more sleep. The next day, my parents again came to visit me in the hospital, and again, I asked why my brother wasn't with them. They looked at each other, and it was only after I said that I would like my family to visit together and not at different times, and that I want my brother to visit during the day with them when he could talk more instead of at night. That was when my dad asked what I meant, and I told him that Andy, my brother, had been coming at night to visit. My mom broke down crying and left the room. My dad then told me that that was impossible because Andy had died instantly in the accident. Oh my God, that's horrible. I didn't believe it. And I argued and argued and ended up having to be sedated. Holy shit. That night I had no visit. And the next day, my parents brought me the newspaper article about the accident. Years later, my now ex-fiance had an experience and having never seen a photo of my brother, She described him to a T and what he was wearing the night he died. Oh, shit. That's a story for another time. But it was nice knowing that my brother is still around and looking out for me and those that I care about. Aww. That's horrible. But I'm glad that his brother still comes because that connection is still there. Can you imagine having the ability to say goodbye like that? I mean, it's, it's so sad that his brother died instantly, but... What a gift to be able to talk to him and to and to have him tell you to be strong. I don't want to say it gave him a little closure, but there was a little more than nothing, you know, might not have been full closure, but at right. least he, there was some peace made. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, exactly. sad. It is sad. It is sad. But, you know, it, it's also it's also a little hopeful, you know, because, again, his, even though his brother died instantly he was able to to pass some wisdom on to his little brother and to give him hope right you know right what, what a nice gift that's a nice gift that is and and hopefully there'll be more visits throughout the rest of his lifetime yeah oh my goodness so spooky i'm going to we, smoke we more blissful to, wizard <laughs> let me tell you we had some great stories today i love when we do these these books i do too they're so scary Listeners, we love you. We love your stories. You're awesome. Really. You guys rock and have the creepiest, spookiest, best stories. I love them so much. So please go ahead and send us more. We adore reading them. And, you know, hey, what what better to do on a rainy spring day than to curl up with a nice bong and a spooky story and and just kind of chill out and relax, right? Exactly. And remember megalodons are out there people (laughs) you know just when the beach is about to open and i'm about to go snorkeling again shell now you've got me scared to go back in the water 
No, you're going to go snorkeling and look for clues. <laughs> I'm not looking for a megalodon. Uh-uh. Mm-mm, no, no, thank you. Regular sharks what's are ma- scary enough. What, what's, what's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? Uh, <laughs> when it comes to megalodon, they probably would think I was chicken. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like a chicken nugget, just a snack. Just remember, they can eat you whole sideways. I know. That's so scary. <laughs> he wouldn't even blink. He'd still be hungry after he ate both of us. It, eating one human would be like flossing with a toothpick for them. It's probably a good thing they don't get high because can you imagine the munchies if you were a 60 foot long megalodon? Well, I remember re- when I was reading the article, it said something ridiculous, like they have 276 teeth. Like that's a lot of teeth. That's too many teeth. And I wonder if they're like sharks today that constantly keep shedding and regrowing teeth. Ugh. I don't know, but I feel like I have a lot of teeth and I do <laughs> not have 276 teeth. That's a lot of teeth. Nobody needs to see that when they're swimming. <laughs> I'm very high, and that's too much shark and too much spooky for me. We should close off on something nice. So next week is our episode 20, Shell. Can you believe it? Oh, my God. I cannot believe it. We have made it to 20. Episode 20. It should be a lot of fun. We'll definitely find something spooky, scary to share with our listeners and to share with each other. I know I've got a great story lined up, and I'm going to... It's got a lot of fun, but it's also super haunted and spooky. I, I, I have something prepared for you that I think uh, is, is, is definitely, A, going to trump your story in the spooky department. And B, I, I'm going to keep it close to home again and, and, and kind of give you some insight on a local treasure, a local haunted treasure. Oh, I love your local stories. They're always so full of interesting little details and... I love the stories that are more close to home and that we've, we, we, one or both of us have had some sort of experience in because it's not all about just, just regurgitating stuff that we learn about and find about. We want to also let you guys know out there, you know, this stuff happens to us too. As you know, I read tarot cards and I've often done tarot parties and people usually ask me if I see spirits and that's not really my forte, you know, calling ghosts or seeing ghosts. That's not a huge thing, but I've had a really pushy ghost. I did a party, right, for these people and there was a young man that kept coming and he was very insistent and and I don't usually see ghosts that are... His energy was just really pushy and strong and and kind of brash and funny. And it turned out that they had had a friend that had passed away unexpectedly. So it was interesting. I had a little bit of information for them, but again, not my forte. So I only had a little bit. But the funny thing is, is about a year later, I was doing a reading online, um, like through Zoom with a client. And this ghost kept coming up. Same one? Same one, but it had nothing to do with the client that I was reading. But he had a, he was so insistent that he had a message for his friends that he came in during a reading I was doing for someone else. That's like interrupting a phone call. It had never happened to me before or since. It was the weirdest sensation. Again, this was like a year later. And so I had to look up her information. I sent her a message like, you know, hey, I remember when we did this reading and your friend so-and-so, well, he just came back through and he has this message for you. And it it turned out to be very timely for her. So pushy ghost, pushy ghost. Apparently he was, it was very important and he had to be very pushy about it. But you know, sometimes I don't remember where I was going. I'm high, but pushy in life, pushy after death, you know, some people are just pushy. 
but yeah, personal experiences with ghosts uh, or or just any weird spooky experiences are a lot of fun. And, and I love hearing your adventures because you are always up for a challenge and always up to go someplace interesting. And that has gotten you into some really fun, really spooky, scary things. Spine tingling. That, that's why listeners, when I try to tell you to do something crazy, listen to Layla because I will get you. <laughs> I will get you in predicaments here, people. Scary, spooky predicaments. You'll be lost in the woods. You'll be being chased by like some Bigfoot type creature. Like, listen to Layla. Yeah, and I say listen to Shell because <laughs> <laughs> where else are you going to get out there and have fun adventures and get out of your boring? same old same old sometimes you have to take a chance and shake it up so maybe listen to both of us and find like a happy medium in there somewhere what what do our kids say yolo you only live once yolo people it's true life is too short seize the day it's springtime get on go find some ghosts go find some ghosts have your own adventures enjoy that full moon while it's still out and uh we'll see you next time on the stoned witches hour Keep it spooky and high. Thanks for listening to the Stoned Witches Hour, book two of your stories. We appreciate everyone who's sent in a story. And if you would like to submit one of your personal experiences, please send it to thestonedwitcheshour at gmail.com. And we might just pick one of your ghostly happenings to read on our next book of your stories. So thank you again. And We'll see you next week for episode 20 of the Stoned Witches Hour. Stay spooky, stay high. We'll see you later. Morgan's first podcast. This is unofficially dedicated to Morgan. Oh.